Hello, this is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to the Working with People by PaveStep. The Working with People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Phyllis here with us today. Phyllis, how's it going? Oh, great. Where are you calling in from today? I am calling in from Central Valley, New York. Cool. County. You've been doing a little bit of traveling recently, right? Yes, I have. I'm laughing because not the kind of traveling I used to do. <laughs> we took a trip to uh, the Saratoga area for three cool. days. Yes. That's awesome. It's good to disconnect and change the scene. Absolutely. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about the power of peer advisory groups. But before we get into all of that detail, you know, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, and what you do. Sure. My name is Phyllis Calvano. And I chair, facilitate, and lead peer advisory boards and networking groups. My background is in large corporations of finance, strategy, and I always enjoyed working with teams of people. I always enjoyed not only doing the plan, short-term and long-term plans, but actually developing the talent to execute on those plans. Right. So when I left, I spent most of my career at the New York Times Company. When I left, uh, the work I do now, chairing groups is, it was just such a great fit for me. Awesome. So let's dive right into it. So what are, you know, these peer advisory groups? Like what does that really mean? Sure. So peer advisory group boards are groups of CEOs, business owners, presidents, and other senior executives, mostly from mid-sized companies from different industries. And we have the group size ranges anywhere from 12 to 18 people. Hmm. We want enough people to have that diversity of thought and background, but we also want it to be small enough so everyone gets to know each other, gets to know each other well, so they feel comfortable with each other when we deal with the issue processing. Got it. And the purpose of these peer advisor groups is to effectively learn from each other and talk to their problems, talk to their issues. Would that be a fair thing to say from an overall purpose perspective? Absolutely. And also so that people know they don't have to do this alone. Right. They don't have to do it alone. People think that they're the only ones, well, executives, CEOs think they're the only ones dealing with a certain set of issues. And all companies deal with issues. I think I read once that you can narrow down the issues to like 12 issues for all companies around the world. And, you know, it's funny. You have employees, you have suppliers, right? You have strategic plans, budgets, Mm -hmm. forecasts, cash flow. It's all the same. It's just different. It's tweaked for the, you know, specifics of of the industry. Right. And you've talked about the peer advisory groups in the context of, like, CEOs and executives, which I think is one of the biggest markets for peer advisory groups and one of the most common things that you see. But this is applicable to any kind of profession, right, whether it's HR, whether it's finance, whether it's salespeople. Would that be a fair thing to say? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I chair peer advisory boards, and I'm a Vistage chair. I don't know if people Mm. know Vistage, but Vistage is one of the largest organizations that does this kind of work. You know, they've been around for over, you know, 65 years. We have 22,000 members worldwide. Mm. So they're one of the largest, and I've been working with them for the past six years. But there are also other organizations that do this. Right. And, of course, there are trade organizations also that focus on specific industries. Mm -hmm. Where we differ, when I say a peer advisory board, the biggest difference is that these are diverse industries. 
Right. It's very important because when you're in a trade organization, you're hearing from people in the same industry with the same mm-hmm. set of issues, the, doing it the same way. It's a different kind of learning. Right. That absolutely makes sense. So if I think about the difference between like peer advisory groups versus networking groups, right? I think most people are pretty familiar with networking groups. What would you say are some of the big differences between these two things? So the biggest difference is that in a peer advisory board, you're really working on the larger strategic issues. In a networking group, you're working on, it's more tactical in the sense that you're working on giving and getting referrals to grow your business. Now, both are important because getting really tactical on how you grow your business and figuring that out is really, really important. It's just a different focus. So in the peer advisory board, it is a peripheral benefit to work on referrals and all that, but it's not the primary. The primary is really to help you strategically grow your business and to grow yourself as a leader. Right. There's a significant amount of advantage from just a personal development perspective. Absolutely. And there's more investment of time in the peer advisory board because you are really, you're making big changes for the, for the long term, short term and long term. Right. But you know what? Both groups, the most important thing, and I, I said this before, is that you don't have to do it alone. Right. So if you're in a networking group, at least you know, you know, you've got people who can help you. And the same thing for the peer advisory board. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, you know, oftentimes, especially when it comes to executives and certain types of, you know, professions in certain types of organizations, you feel alone, right? Like it's oftentimes people talk about like it's lonely at the top type of thing, right? It's hard to confide in people and kind of really talk through your issues with people who are in your organization, right? Because it's sensitive and it's, you don't know how they're going to take it. So I think that's also big, big advantage there. I'm glad you mentioned that because this Mm. is an unbiased group of people. Right? Everyone's coming together for the same purpose. We don't know you. We'll get to know you. But even when we get to know you, and this is where the chair has to come into play, we feel comfortable challenging you, holding you accountable, seeing things that you may not see through your blind spots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I would say the two largest benefits are challenging the executives and holding them accountable. Because who else does this? Who holds the, the boss accountable? Right. That makes a lot of sense. So we've talked about the advantages of these groups quite a bit. What are some of the disadvantages of these kind of, whether it's advisory groups or networking groups? I think from my experience, I think the only thing you could quote unquote call disadvantages potentially time. I know some of the peer advisory groups are quite of a big of a time commitment for the right reasons, right? You need to have enough time to solve the issues and relate to your peers, but anything else? I want to comment on the time issue. Yeah. That's probably the number one issue that people have when it comes mm. to the money or the cost. It's the time. Right. But you know what? If you think about other things that you've done in your life, if you set the time aside to work on your business away from it, like not in it. Right. Right. Actually get that time back. So time's an interesting concept. It depends on how you look at it and how right. you make use of that time in the group. Mm -hmm. The people who get the most benefit are those who really lean in and work on on their business, not in the tactics of it, which they're doing every other day. The other thing that I think is a good thing that we've done, and we're forced into it with COVID, which I think a lot of good things will come from it, along with all the challenges, 
we used to have all day meetings. Now we've done it in snippets, which is so much better for right. executives. I mean, in the beginning, we were meeting every week because people needed and wanted that. So here's the other thing. If you have a good chair and a flexible chair, they work with you to see what works with the group. Right. So we went to weekly. Now we're on bi-weekly. And I think we're going to stay on bi-weekly instead of an all-day meeting, and it seems to be working beautifully. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the other disadvantages? I'm such a believer of this, so it's hard for me to really think of others. It's not right for everyone. Right. You know, because this is a real lean-in experience, open-minded, you know, willing to be challenged, willing to challenge. So if you don't want to do that and you don't have that skill set and you don't have the patience, the time, whatever, it's not for you. Right. People call this a niche service. I've been doing it for so long and I've met so many people. And the ones, like as I think through the history, the ones who flourish, they just take everything in and apply it to the business. Take it in, apply it. And also to their personal life. This is we come, we talk about like we invite CEOs to the table and human beings show up. This is a full package service. Right. I hope I addressed your question. I just, like I said, I can't think of any other disadvantage. Yep, absolutely makes sense. So what can someone tactically expect in this peer advisory group experience? What does that look like? So what does it look like? So like I said, we were meeting once a month. (laughs) And now we're meeting... We have like one longer meeting. It's about three and a half hours. We, I bring a speaker in. Right. The other meeting, we focus more on just checking in, issue processing. I've talked about this issue processing. Mm-hmm. An issue can be a problem, a challenge, an opportunity, an idea. We don't have people sign NDAs, but in the application that they sign, they do. Right, right. We cannot share any of the information here. So it's really a good place to just vet all those ideas. Gotcha. That's pretty much how we break up the session. I talked about speakers. It's really more of a workshop presentation Mm. because the expectation is that you're going to learn something from this that you're going to bring back to your business. Right. Even if it's one little nugget, sometimes there's 10, sometimes there's two, but there's always something that you're going to learn and you're going to bring back, and we're going to ask you what you've done. Right. The challenge and accountability, that's the expectation. Right. So these peer advisory groups are typically with individuals outside of your company and also a big benefit Uh, How about internally? Like, could this be a tool for organizations to think about to create internally to increase development and foster better relationships? Would that be something that companies could look into? Yes, absolutely. And it would be a little bit different internally Mm -hmm. because we wouldn't have that outside perspective. Right. We can always tweak these groups. But internally, you would really focus on how the group works as a team, how they communicate with each other, how they execute on their plans, their goals. I mean, it would be unlimited and certainly extremely useful to have one of these groups internally. Yeah, and I think it would be really interesting if you actually have it cross functions, right? Like it's not just the finance team, like talking to each other, like another team meeting. It's more like you've got some people from finance, you've got some people from product, you've got some people from strategy and kind of talking through different types of issues. And, you know, I think they'll be able to create some really interesting insights from that kind of forced collaboration. Absolutely across functions. Yes. Cool. And some of the tools you can use within disciplines, like if you're dealing with some issues in your finance group, there are some tools we use that you can deal with that. But the real benefit of these groups is that, Diversity, so diversity within mm-hmm. the company, is, as you've described. Gotcha. So as an executive or whether it's any kind of professional, how can someone determine which peer advisory groups is actually right for them? What are some of the most important aspects that they should be thinking about when evaluating them? Sure. 
So the first thing I would say is you would have to decide whether you want a tactical group that's really focused on the giving and getting of referrals. So that mm-hmm. would be what we're calling networking groups. So if that's what you want, you go there. If you want a peer advisory board, then what I would say is you really have to meet with the chair to make mm-hmm. sure that there's a fit with you in that chair. Because we talk about, oh, this is business. It's not personal. It's all personal. <laughs> If you don't feel like you could work with this person, it's not going to work. Right. The next thing would be to actually go to a group meeting. Same thing. You have to have a fit. You have to feel comfortable. I can challenge these people. I respect them. They can challenge me. So you have to go to a group meeting. Right. So it's not about, well, I'm going to look for a company group that has companies of these sizes. Mm. Because in my experience, I've had startups that – Learn so much from the more mature companies, but the mature companies learn so much from the startups. Right. Once you've got this, you know, it's a well-oiled machine. You don't need to learn anything. Well, guess what? There's so much to learn. Right. So, you know, size of companies, I wouldn't focus on that too much. When I interview people for groups, what I always look for is, and I always, what I say is, it's about the person who shows up. Are they open-minded? Are they mm-hmm. willing to challenge? What are their experiences? What challenges have they faced? How have they dealt with those challenges? So it's really about the person. Right. So that's how I look at it. As far as trying to think of what else. Oh, and the other thing, too, is they should not only have the one-to-one with the chair and go to the group meeting, they should also talk to other members in the group who have been there for, you know, a while and have one-to-ones with the other members. Perfect. This is really, really helpful. As you know, I'm part of some of these groups as well, and I've personally found them extremely, extremely helpful for my own development, as well as just how to think about our business. So this has been extremely helpful. One last question for you. After the lockdown is all done and cleared, what is one activity you're itching to just do? Uh, Broadway theater. Yeah. Miss it so much, so much. And I can I add a second? Hugging people. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I I don't know if that's in the past, but it's so strange that I'm leery about hugging my own family members. You know, it's like not not my husband, but my daughter who's been out and son-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Can I mention one more thing? Yeah, um, yeah. I have an old African proverb on my signature line that I love, which just mm. clearly articulates the value of what we provide. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Awesome. Which speaks awesome. to peer advisory boards, yes. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you so much for your time, Phyllis. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? They can find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to the Working With People podcast by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thank you, Phyllis. Thank you, Harrison.